Yo, what's up guys? Welcome back to the Video Game Beat. My name is Rob and this week we're covering the week of November 30th to December 4th. Thanks for showing up guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Before we get into the whole big show, I want to let y'all know a couple things. One, the Video Game Beat is a weekly video game podcast that comes out every Saturday or Sunday. Maybe one of both. I don't know. I, honestly, it's been flip-flopping a little bit, but life's been busy and all that so trying to find like a consistent day for it to land i want it to be consistent it's supposed to be saturdays so fingers crossed it comes out saturday if it doesn't come out saturday well then it comes out on sunday on all youtube channels or there's only one on youtube and all podcast services that way you can choose to listen or watch it's up to you you have the choice now let's say it doesn't come out on a saturday and you're trying to figure out yo what's going on well, then you can just jump onto the social media side and follow the channel Ambitious Casual on Twitter at Ambitious Casual or go check out the channel on any other services such as Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, trying to utilize all these platforms for the different things that they do. So go check them out, follow them, like them, share them. Let's get right into the stories, guys. This week is a pretty loaded one there's a lot of good stories this week not gonna lie especially one that i'm so stoked on that i put it at the end because obviously leave the best for last but um starting with story number one super nintendo world is actually a go-go this comes straight from ign's daniel robson he writes universal studios japan today announced and this was on november 30th which is a monday Universal Studios Japan today announced that it is long-awaited Super Nintendo World area will finally open to the public on February 4th, 2021. This is crazy, guys, because you have to take take the time and go and look at some of the photos that they posted. It's unbelievable the fact that you see them. They look like 3D renders. They look like a video game. Like they actually the, the the photos of the actual place looks like you're looking at a video game, but it's not. Like you're actually looking at Nintendo World, Super Nintendo World in Japan. It's unbelievable. The fact that it's opening up on February 4th next year, pretty interesting. I'm pretty sure everything over there in Japan is running very differently than it is in America uh, in regards to COVID. So I'm hoping everything starts clearing up soon. I really would love to go to this place. I really would love to go to Japan and check that place out. I know that there's talks of them bringing that over here to America. It doesn't say here on the, um, oh, hold on, hold on. I guess there's, was there a, whoa, there's a lot more to this story than I even saw. Not more answers, but it actually gives me the date for other things. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Let's see. Universal Studios Japan is located in Osaka, Japan. And then um, all I know is that there, that it is going to come overseas over here in America, in Florida, if I'm not mistaken. So, Keep an eye out for that. It's going to have different games like AR games, Mario Kart, um, different areas for like power-up bands and headsets and all these different kinds of stuff. It looks awesome. So if you get the chance, go check out the photos. It looks rad as heck. Super, super rad. Right now I'm looking at a couple photos of, it's kind of like the grand opening. You know Japan for their suits. You know, we got Mario and Luigi up there in the suits. Luigi has zero necks. All these tables inside are like made out of toadstools. Uh, let's see. 
wall. Like, it just looks dope. It, I can't believe this actually is a thing. I can't believe this is actually a real, real thing. It's unbelievable. When you get a chance, go check out the the images. I can't wait. I can't wait. I want to go one day. I really, really want to go one day. Um, moving on to story number two. Sega reveals a prototype handheld for the first time ever. So this comes straight from GameSpot, Stephen T. Wright. Um, on YouTube, they released a, a video, Sega did, on the history of their consoles. So it, in that video, they showed off what it what would be or what would have been the Sega handheld. And it's crazy to think about. I'm a big handheld guy. I love handhelds. I I, I bought the um or I not bought I pre-ordered the um analog pocket, which is supposed to be like their version of the Game Boy Color, so that way you can actually play Game Boy Color games in like a beautiful piece of tech. Um, I got that. That should be coming in next year. Obviously, we'll be making a video whenever that unboxes over on the YouTube channel, Business Casual. But um. I've been a big fan of, of handhelds. I love handhelds. I've had the, the Game Boy, uh, Game Boy Advance SP, Nintendo DS, 3DS. Um, there's just something about playing games on a handheld that is very, very different. I've always wanted a PS Vita. I kind of still want a PS Vita, but there's just not enough time in the day to actually like justify the means of even getting one. But either or, they showed it off. Go check it out. It's It's... It's a piece of history, and honestly, when you look at it, you're like, dang, that's a that's a bulky piece of technology right there. It don't look pretty. It don't look cool. But to me, it just scratches that itch of like, man, that's cool. That, if that was actually a thing that would have been, that's interesting because, I don't know, it, it, I, just, I just love the fact that I, I love whenever there's tech that is being re- announced or released or talked about that could have been, that should have been, that could have come out, but... It didn't in some alternate universe. Sorry, I'm getting I'm getting lost on this video. Um, so, anyways, so yeah, and and that's how it is when it comes to things like the that the the hybrid PlayStation Nintendo uh system that was on auction for like a lot a lot of money. So it's things like that that really like grabs my attention because. It, it just that's just pure history that's that, that there's just something about it that's precious and you do not want to mess with so the fact that they came out and they were showing it and it's like a whole board because i'm looking at it right now again just to be reminded it, it's it's like this chalkboard and they're laying out all the different consoles over the years and so go check the video out it's on their youtube channel it's on sega's youtube channel uh you can see you know, a lot of the older consoles. I, I can see the Dreamcast right there. God bless the Dreamcast. I love the Dreamcast. Um, I never had one. My uncle had one. I used to play play on it. Fishing game. Sonic Adventure. Great stuff. Great stuff. Moving on to story number three. Comes straight from Polygon. Hello, Ad. Um, guys, I don't know he's wrong. I don't know why I'm... I don't know why I'm yawning. I literally just had... I guess I just ate. I think that's the thing that reason why I'm getting I'm getting tired. I don't know. Did I say I'm hungry? No, I'm tired. I'm yawning. I don't yawn when I'm hungry. Obviously, people yawn when they're tired. And I don't know what the heck is going on. But today is one of those days, guys. Right after I'm done filming this, I'm going straight on to start uh streaming. So this is the last day of the of the week that I stream. So I'm kind of looking forward to a nice weekend. 
But anyways, let's forget about my weekend and we're going to go straight into story number three. This comes straight from Polygon. Xbox Game Pass adds Doom Eternal, Control, and 15 more games in December. Polygon's Owen S. Good writes, Xbox Game Pass subscribers looking to test out the service's new pre-installing feature will find December is jam-packed with candidates. Control and Doom Eternal kick things off on December 3rd, and they're followed by offerings as diverse as Dragon Quest XI's Definitive Edition and the Motorsports Precision Sim Assetto Corsa. This is very interesting because of the fact of... Look, Xbox does not have... Halo was supposed to be the big thing. Halo was supposed to be the big marquee title for Xbox that should have came out and really changed or give them a fighting chance to fight up against PlayStation with their Miles Morales and their Demon Souls. Unfortunately, that isn't the case. It didn't happen. It didn't come out. But that means they have to double down in other areas. Now, I don't know if this is possibly a direct solution to the fact that they don't have any strong titles but this is a strong offering already on the game pass side of things control that just came out last year doom eternal that just came out like these are big games that honestly have like it, it, it's unbelievable it is unbelievable doom eternal came out within a year and it's already coming to game pass it, it just blows my mind on the fact that they're able to get these big games to come out it, it blows my mind. It really, really blows my mind. And it makes you wonder, like, what else do they have up their sleeve? Um, it continues, in all 17 games are coming to the Xbox Game Pass in the week between Thursday, December 3rd, and December 10th. 17 games. Many of them are Microsoft's id at Xbox promotion for indie games, including Slime Rancher, Yes, Your Grace, Call of the Sea, Super Hot Mind Control Delete, and Ukulele in the Impossible Layer. In addition to Doom Eternal, Microsoft has also peeled off Rage 2 for Android streaming from Bethesda's library, and eight more games will get touch control optimization for streaming to Android, including Bloodstain, Ritual of the Night, Golf with Your Friends, and Eichenfell. It's just unbelievable the fact that they're able to get these kinds of things. It's, it's unbelievable. And I, I really want to know what kind of other big things can they do. I've already played Control on the PS4, on the PS4 Pro. I am, just after seeing this list, I'm very much so willing to jump back into Control. Just because I, I can play it on next gen like that. And it's coming on Game Pass. It's just that thing of like, I mean, I got Game Pass. I can download it and I can just try it out and just start a whole brand new game all over again. Like, what's the, what's the deal with that? And Doom Eternal, I've never played it. I think the thing I'm most excited for right now, and call me a nerd, but I'm excited for Dragon Quest XI. I've never really dug into a Dragon Quest game. I played one on the Game Boy a while back, like, not a while back, when I was a kid. It was in my game. It was a friend's game that I borrowed for like a day or two and I had to give it back to him. That obviously not enough time to jump in. But getting an idea and a feel for that game, one, I'm a big fan of Akira Toriyama. I know he doesn't directly make the art for them anymore, but I love the aesthetic of it all. And I love turn-based RPGs. I think it's different this time around, if I'm not mistaken. isn't? I think it's like real-time RPG. Correct me if I'm... Correct me in the comments down below. I'm not quite sure if I'm right on that. But either or, I want to jump into this Dragon Quest. It just... I, 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 The fact that I don't have to spend money and then find out halfway I don't like the game anymore. And then I lose out on that money. It's on, it's on Game Pass, dude. 
that's the cool offering about freaking Xbox is the fact that they have something like this that I'm like, yo, I've wanted to try that game, but I did not want to pay 60 bucks and then find out halfway I didn't like it. So here we go. Let me try it. And then who knows? It could be one of my favorite games of all time. So I'm really digging that. I'm actually thinking about playing that game. Who knows? Might be playing it on stream. Remember, you guys can go see the streams on twitch.tv forward slash ambitious casual. We're going on to story number four. I'm losing numbers in my head. Yes. Story number four. Here's the reason why I was losing track. Story number four has four stories within it. And here's the reason why. Fortnite is freaking, they're doing something, dude. They're, they're freaking crushing it. They're crushing it. I'm, and, and before I even jump in, I want to preface everything. Fortnite is not my favorite game in the entire world. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to act like I know or I'm not going to act like I, as if I love that game. I don't. I, I've, I've fallen off of it many times. There's so many times that I'm wanting to jump into the game and then I jump in for like a day or two and then I'm like, I totally remember why I don't like this game. It just feels like a baby game or it's not... I don't know. Like, I don't know what it is. When it first came out, I was all about it. But then over time, I've fallen out. I think it was the moment that they started adding bots was when I was like, I'm dipping. So with all that being said, recently we had the big, big Fortnite end season. I think it was season four of the Nexus War. And with that comes this. Fortnite returns from downtime with its big changes and a new chunk of its own story. This comes straight from Eurogamer's Tom Phillips. Um, so they had the end of Chapter 2, Season 4, and now we're going into Chapter 2, Season 5. And in it, with obviously a new battle pass, a new slew of characters, a new slew of just different things to do on the island, a little bit of changing here, a little bit of changing there, we get a big thing. Now, how do you follow up Marvel? They had so many Marvel characters inside of Fortnite that how do you follow that up? It was hype. It was one of the biggest events that they put on, the Nexus War. So how do you follow that up? Well, what looks to be at first like a bit of a jump, like a jumble mess, a jumble mess, excuse me. You'll soon find out that they're working on something big here. And here's why. In Chapter 2, Season 5, we're introduced to the Mandalorian with Baby Yoda from obviously the Mandalorian show from Disney Plus. So that is like the big new character for the new battle pass that you can get. Now, you might be saying, that's pretty dope. Well, what other Star Wars stuff is going along with it? That's not how it's going to work. Now, it's not like Marvel's battle season where everything was kind of Marvel related and then it all funneled in. It is on the other side of things and it's now kind of like a theme. And here's what I mean by that. So, like I said, we've got Mando from The Mandalorian uh, and a back bling for Baby Yoda. And then you go around and you do all these different things. Now, this season is called Zero Point. Um, and the new season... Uh, press release reads, but no one escapes the loop, not on your watch. Join Agent Jones, which Agent Jones is like the default white guy character from the very, very, very beginning, who is now voiced by Troy Baker. It's weird. Like, he's now, like, the Fortnite guy. Um, so, join Agent Jones and the greatest hunters from across realities, like the Mandalorian in a chaotic, ba in a chaotic battle that will shape the future of the island. There's a key word in this, Okay. Are key there's, there's, there's a key sets of phrases in this thing join agent jones 
And so you're not only going to just be joining Agent Jones, you're going to join him and the greatest hunters from across realities. So I'm guessing during, I didn't play the Nexus War, but I, I know for a fact that at the end of that, these realities tore open and now you're getting these other characters funnily in, funnily in from different realities. Here's where this comes in. This, this becomes interesting, okay? You're going to be joining other hunters from different realities. Obviously, Mando, the Mandalorian, is a bounty hunter. We all know that. But along with this piece of news is some more news that is obviously going to open up this game to a much bigger thing and can forever change the way Fortnite is from here on out. Now, before I get into the other stories, you're going to notice in the Battle Pass, I feel like looking at it, and this is just with my eyes, I could be wrong. Looking at it, when you see the promo image for Zero Point Chapter 2 Season 5, you got Mando, you got this anime-looking character, you got this knight character, you got this character that looks like an angel, and then you got this guy, I think he's called Mancake. And he, he's like a pancake-looking thing. But every single character has like a very different art style to it. Especially the fact that the anime character that's right above Mando, that is when, that is with the armor on. When you take the armor off, she looks like an actual pure anime character that does not belong in the game. Now, obviously, they know what they're doing, so they find out a way to make her feel like she is part of the game. But the art style is completely different. And this is where it comes into play. They're making some big moves right now. And it just blows my mind. It just blows my mind. We're going we're gonna to continue on to these stories. So... I was going to leave this one to be the last one of the few, but we're going to go into this one next because I think this is going to set everything up perfectly. So this comes straight from Games Radar, Allie Jones. And the title for it says, the next Fortnite event will change the future, in quotes, of the game according to New Leak. So in this leak, this comes from leaker iFireMonkey on Twitter, okay? This, this, this thing has like 5.2K likes on it iFireMonkey posted this and said that this was from a Fortnite Intel live event and more. In a recent Zoom call with Jeff Keighley and Donald Mustard, a few hints have been revealed about the future of Fortnite. This info comes from a source who would like to remain anonymous, however, is credible. So, supposedly there is this... The, the, I, Jeff Keighley has been releasing a bunch of these Zoom calls that he's been having with other people within the games industry and has been publishing it. If I'm not mistaken, you correct me if I'm wrong, I, I could be 100% wrong with those. I don't think this has been this conversation between Jeff and Donald Mustard, which Donald Mustard, the CEO of Epic, like he's the he's the face of Epic. I don't think this interview has been published yet. I'm guessing what this is going by based off of is the fact that this has already been filmed, has not been published yet. So this anonymous source is someone who had access or heard or maybe had some form of way a part of this Zoom call and was over was able to overhear everything. So here's what happens. This information came from a source who contacted me. This is iFireMonkey on Twitter. At first, I didn't pay much attention into it, but I managed to verify this Zoom call did happen as recently Jeff has been doing multiple Zoom calls between fans and people like Phil Spencer slash Donald Mustard. Again, this is, this is iFireMonkey okay, on Twitter. Here's a couple points he makes. There will be an announcement at the Game Awards for Fortnite. The Game Awards take place December 10th. Now, I'm filming today on December 4th, okay? Just keep that in mind. We are six days away from the Game Awards. The Game Awards, obviously a big award show to honor those within video games and all that. 
But not only is it just an award show, it is a big hype show. Last year, we got to see Xbox Series X. Last year, we get, like, they always release new trailers, new, like, it's possibilities to see new things that could have been at an E3 or whatever. So based off of the Zoom call, there's going to be an announcement at the Game Awards from Fortnite, okay? Not a big deal. It kind of makes sense that, you know, Epic will pay a lot of money to make sure that they have an ad in the uh, the Game Awards, but this is not an ad. This is an announcement. And here's what it has to say. A new recording session with Troy Baker took place. For those who don't know, Troy Baker voiced John Jones in the device event. So, like I said, Troy Baker's the voice of the just the default white male skin from Fortnite. He's now he's now like kind of like the main narrator character of the of Fortnite. He goes on to say, this season event is in quotes the biggest event they've ever done, and it will change the future of Fortnite. Lastly, he says, when asked about getting Fortnite into Smash Bros. Universe, Donald Mustard simply stated he can't comment about it. This is from Games Radar, if you guys want to go check it out. Or go check out the tweet itself by iFireMonkey on Twitter. Now, the biggest event they've ever had and could change the future of Fortnite forever. Those are some big, big words. Especially the fact that's something big to say right after following up what was a huge event for Marvel, especially such a huge collab with Marvel. You got Venom, Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, X-Men characters. Like you had so many characters in this new season. How can you say this is going to be even bigger than that? It, it, it It's unbelievable. But here's how I think they're going to go bigger with that. And here's how I think their tactics is going to work, okay? We're going to jump to Eurogamer. This comes from Matt Wales. Now, this has been updated since then, okay? So, there's a couple things that have been changed, but I'm going to read you the headline, okay? It looks like Kratos is joining Fortnite's latest season. Now, by the time you guys are watching this, it has already been proven, and it's already been established. Kratos is in Fortnite, and trust me, I jumped into Fortnite, and I grabbed that skin right away. This is un This is unbelievable. This is a whole new level of things. This is not a movie character just getting thrown into Fortnite. This isn't just Star Wars or Marvel or comics and pop culture. And all. Like, that's not what this is. This is another video game character being thrown into another video game. You might be asking yourself, Rob, that just sounds like Super Smash Bros. But a majority of them are just Nintendo characters. Yes, that's the point. This is where they're going. This is the next event. I'm telling you right now, write it down, keep it in a journal, put it on a piece of paper, or keep it in your back pocket. Because when the Game Awards starts happening, that announcement is practically going to be laying out what the next season, maybe the future of what Fortnite can be from there on out. And it is going to become the next, the absolute next Smash Bros for the games industry. Fortnite is so huge. The fact that they got Kratos in Fortnite is unbelievable. And along with this comes a story from Polygon's Patricia Hernandez that supposedly Master Chief is coming to Fortnite. I just got goosebumps just saying it and I've already read this story. Master Chief is coming to Fortnite. Again, I'm getting hyped on a game that I'm really not that big of a fan on, but because of things like this, it's gonna it, it, it's gonna be excited. Like I I I Fortnite give it the do that it like it, it, it does a lot for the industry. It is 
brought about so many big events, concerts, trailers. Like it is such a big phenomenon that it kind of makes it stand even outside of video games itself. And the fact that they're able to be this big and do things like this is unbelievable. And it kind of blows my mind that they're at this level, that they can do things like this. Again, real quick, I don't want to go over the story of Kratos too much because it is proven. It is a fact. He is a thing. You can go get him in the in the, in the shop. He, you can go get Kratos in Fortnite. It's unbelievable. But we're going to jump to Polygon right now. And this is what it says. Fortnite is showing no signs of slowing down this year after a record-breaking Marvel event and the recent tease for a God of War crossover. Again, that has been confirmed. It is already out. Leakers are reporting that the Bubblegum Battle Royale game might also soon see a Halo collaboration as well. Right now, data miners and leakers are sharing small, somewhat blurry images, apparently hailing from web forum 4chan that appear to show the Master Chief and the scan select menu in Fortnite. Additionally, there are also images that show a tiny warthog and a pelican, both of which are vehicles that you can use in Halo. PlayStation. Xbox. We already got Kratos in the game. They're not going to just be teaming up with a PlayStation. You're going to get Halo Master Chief. I, I'm telling you right now, you're going to get Master Chief. They want to start off by, they want to get the big names. They want to get the faces of the companies right now. So they're going to give you Master Chief. They're going to give you Kratos. Who's next? Well, who's the only other console that's out there other than PlayStation and Xbox? Obviously, we have Nintendo. And what does Nintendo have that's anywhere close to like some sort of fighter slash hunter? You got it, baby. Samus Aran. Samus Aran. Now, I don't have a story. I'm not going to pull out this story saying, hey, Samus Aran's been leaked to be... No, I'm not saying that. I'm just theorizing in my mind. They have to be combining all these companies together. I believe it was last year when Jeff Keighley at the Game Awards brought on all the big guys from all the, 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 the big three. It was Sean Layden, Reggie Filzame, and Phil Spencer. PlayStation, Nintendo, Xbox, they're all there. Again, they're going to want to do it again. He, Jeff Keighley's going to want to throw something big like that again. I think Kratos probably should have been uh, something that was going to happen during the Game Awards. But I think because of the leak and how, it, how quickly everything got picked up, I think they probably had to just pull the plug and push it. I'm pretty sure they wanted to save it unfortunately but it doesn't matter what we're gonna see at the game awards supposedly is gonna change the future of games and i think the way fortnite's gonna go about it is they're gonna say hey give us all your game characters we'll throw them in here one by one and you can actually have master chief fight kratos fight samus fight who knows what in fortnite it blows my mind dude it absolutely blows my mind and it it, it, it makes me happy to see that it just, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. It, you, we always thought that Smash Bros. was the pinnacle of like the crossover of crossovers, but I never thought that something like Fortnite can possibly bring, bring all these things together. It's unbelievable. What's even un more unbelievable than that is the fact that I was playing as Kratos. I played one round yesterday just to kind of loosen up a bit. I was playing as Kratos on my Xbox Series X because I was playing Fortnite on the Xbox. That kind of blows my mind. Pretty sure PlayStation does not like to hear that, but hey, that's just how it goes. <sighs> Gotta calm down a little bit off of that one, guys. That one's a big story. That's a big boy right there. Let me know what you think in the comments down below about that story.
Are you guys excited for the future of Fortnite? Let me know. Moving on to story number five. You can play PlayStation 2 games now, guys. On the Xbox. Yes, sir, Bob. This comes straight from gaming performers Liana Rupert. The Xbox Series X boasts to be the most powerful console on the market, with the S being impressive in its own right. While that's phenomenal, neither the Xbox Series nor the PlayStation 5 have a solid launch lineup. Though backwards, compa- backwards compatibility offers a reprieve from the boredom of nothing to play. Now, this comes from a YouTube channel called The Modern Vintage Gamer. And uh, he shared playing some of their favorite PS2 titles on their Xbox Series S, which I'm pretty sure this is a paradox. That is the final Horcrux. This is from uh, Liana Rupert from Game Informer. It's just kind of weird to think the fact that they got, they figured out how to run a emulation through the Xbox Series S to play PS2 games. But here we are as PlayStation fans, can't even play classic games on our PlayStation 5. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make much sense. I didn't want to go much too deep into this. The fact that, you know, that this is obviously not official. They just figured out a way how to, you know, finesse their way into the system and allow it to work. But it just blows my mind in thinking they were able to get it done with an Xbox Series S. Come on, PlayStation. Come on. You can get it to work on the PS5. Just get it to work. Get it to work. Now, moving on to story number six. Sea of Thieves seasons are replacing monthly updates in 2021. This comes from games writer Jordan Gerblick. I think I totally just butchered that last name. Jordan Gerblick? Jordan Gerblick? One of those. Uh, in the news video, Sea of Thieves executive producer Joe Neat also revealed that Rare will no longer be adding anything new to PvP arena mode, noting that it'll be it'll still be supported and available to players. Um, we know we now know. Changes include a new seasonal update system and battle pass that will replace the monthly updates Rare has been delivering for a year and a half now. It's crazy to think that this hasn't been done already to Sea of Thieves. I think to me what blows my mind is the fact that I played this game a little bit. I mean, I played it on stream for uh, once or twice. It kind of blows my mind that this isn't something that they put in there. Like Sea of Thieves seems like the perfect kind of game to do that. Now, not quite sure if the battle pass and seasons and things like that. I don't know if that's necessarily the right answer to the fact that you want to bring in more revenue through Sea of Thieves. Don't quite know how good how how well it's performing on that end. But this is happening in every game, guys. We're seeing it everywhere. Especially the fact that I think it takes big developers, it takes the giants to take a step for the others to start falling in their footsteps as well. And with seeing that Fortnite's going to start adding the Fortnite crew monthly subscription to the service, we're not too far from every single game having a monthly subscription. So the fact that Sea of Thieves is slowly getting to the point of a season and a battle pass doesn't surprise me. But again, we're probably not too far from them even going like, hey, pay 12 bucks, 10 bucks a month, get season pass or get the season or whatever through the subscriptions, blah, blah, blah. It's unbelievable. And I mean, again, you got to make money. You got to do what you got to do. But it's the landscape of gaming is changing. And if you guys don't remember from the early days, of like World of Warcraft and you still need like a subscription to play on those games. I think things are going to start transitioning towards that direction. So, hey, heads up. See if these seasons, battle passes coming to it. You happy for that? I haven't really jumped back in in a while. So, y'all let me know. Uh, second to last story. This is story number seven. Uh, Casey Hudson and Mark Dara leave the studio Bioware. And then all current projects planned to continue. This comes from Jonathan Dornbush from IGN. It's a bit of a long article. I don't want to read too much of it because of the fact that it goes into depth a bit on the whole leaving. 
But I'm going to read a couple of bits here. He has announced that Casey Hudson, the general manager of Bioware, and Mark Dara, the executive producer on the upcoming Dragon Age, will be departing the company. All currently ongoing projects, including Anthem Next, the next Dragon Age, and Mass Effect, the legendary Legendary Edition remasters, among them, will continue as planned despite the leadership shifts. Samantha Ryan will continue to oversee the studio, while Christian Daly, who joined Bioware from Blizzard, will now be leading the Dragon Age project as executive producer, with Matthew Goldman remaining as creative director on the project. And the Mass Effect collection will continue to be led by Mike Gamble and that team also remains hard at work on the future of that franchise. Here's the thing with this, guys. Hudson departed from Bioware, and then he came back, and then he departed again. And it was the fact that we all know that Bioware has been in a bit of a rut. They did not knock it out with Andromeda. They did not knock it out with Anthem whatsoever. So you can see that in the middle of these developments of these brand new games, they're working on the next, like, what could only be the big expansion to Anthem next that should bring it back on the map. Is it? I don't think so, unfortunately. But that's what they're working on. They're working on Dragon Age, the next Dragon Age game, and they're working on the... Why the heck did... Oh, I found it. I don't know why the name just slipped out of my mouth. The next Mass Effect remastered, the Legendary Edition. So they're working on those three games, and in the middle of production of all three of them, the two big guys leave. It doesn't look good. And it's obviously not a good sign for the studio alone. So it only makes you wonder what was going on in the background over there that caused them or gave them the want to actually leave the studio. And I kind of feel bad for all the developers that are there in Bioware right now because I'm pretty sure they feel like, again, this is the big assumption. To me, I mean, it could, they, Casey and, and, uh, and what was his name? Casey and Mark leaving the company could actually be like probably a sign of relief for them but you don't exactly know what's going on over there so the fact that we get two big guys leave in the middle of three games does not look good for a studio and so now all we have to do is just wait and see wait and see and how this developer kicks back into motion and actually see if they can recover from two big losses again andromeda and anthem so keep an eye on them guys we'll see uh, if they can even keep it up because God knows that it's, it's probably not easy for that team over there. And I hope they're doing good. I know that there must've been like possibly a lot of stress put on based on the fact that these people left and other people have to start taking over for them. But Hey, what can you do? That's just how things roll. So, um, there you go. And for the last story of the day, the last story of the day, this is big. I'm sitting back in my chair for you audio listeners that cannot see me. I'm sitting back in my chair and my eyes are closed. Are they closed because I'm tired? Possibly. Are they closed because it's too bright in here? Possibly. Are they closed because I am so overwhelmed with absolute joy that my eyes being closed is the only thing that I can do right now to muster up the ability to show you on my face that I am absolutely over the freaking moon on the fact that Oscar Isaac, dude. Oh my God. This story comes straight from Deadline, okay? This is an exclusive. This is written by Justin Kroll. Guys, listen up. Listen up. 
Sony's long-awaited Metal Gear Solid adaption looks to have gained some major momentum as sources tell Deadline that Oscar Isaac is attached to play Solid Snake in the film, which is currently in development at Sony Pictures with Jordan Vote Roberts on board to direct. Guys. Guys. If this does not happen, I will eat my shoe. I don't know how well to let this energy out, but let you know that I've been saying it all my life. I've been saying it everywhere. Not everywhere. I've been saying it to everyone. The perfect casting for Solid Snake would be Oscar Isaac. And you know what they went and did? They went and did it. They went and casted Solid Snake and made it by Oscar Isaac. This, this is mind-blowing. The fact that we're getting much, much closer to the fact that this movie is actually going to become a reality. I know some of you haters are going to be out there saying, well, the games are games, or they should never be turned into movies. They need to be stayed as games. I don't know why Mike Tyson's the one that's arguing with me, but I got to tell you right now, Mike Tyson, you're wrong. That needs to be a movie. There's nothing like it. Metal Gear is made to be a movie. We already know based off of the fact that Kadeo Kojima is heavily influenced by cinema. Heavily influenced by all things Hollywood and movies. And everything, when you see and watch and play his games, they are all very cinematic. There's a story that he wants to tell. And there's no other game that could fit a movie like Metal Gear. It is crazy, it is wacky, it is action-packed, it's unbelievable, mysterious. It's just everything. Everything. And the fact that this is actually starting to happen. Like, I've heard as a boy, years upon years upon years, that a Metal Gear Solid movie is going to be made. Oh, doesn't happen. Metal Gear Solid movie is going to be made. Oh, doesn't happen. Columbia Pictures has the rights to make a Metal Gear Solid game. Oh, that doesn't happen. Uh, Sony has the rights to make it. Oh, nothing happens for years upon years upon years. But then this one man comes out. This one man. Like, Jesus, coming out of the tomb, like a falcon rising out of the ashes. Jordan Vo Roberts, the man who directed Kong Skull Island. Watch that movie. The movie's phenomenal. And there's a scene in there that is very Metal Gear. Very, very Metal Gear. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It is so, so dope. Now, he comes along and has showed immense immense interest in making this a big metal gear solid fan he is himself he has met with kojima and talked about it they're both friends it's been going around forever he's been working on the script he's been trying to get someone to pick up the script he's been working on it over and over and over and i know he's been working on it within the past what two years year and a half so the fact that we are finally here that it is Finally being said, there are so many times where Jordan Volt Roberts on a certain day of the year would release so much, so much artwork that was like concept art that he worked with professional artists for the movie that he wanted to make and just set up a tone for the movie. And every single one, he said that he told them he wanted Snake to look like a certain particular person, but he never said who it was. And he never really got a face of Snake in any of those concept arts because they were trying to hide it now i don't know if oscar isaac was the one that he was going for i believe it was because why not he's the best pick for this thing dude i can't freaking believe it dude i can't believe it i can't believe it when i first found out about this one of my friends texted me and told me about it i was i almost started crying in the car i was so overwhelmed with emotion i called my wife i called my brother i just wanted to let everybody know the fact that this is actually 
happening. Or is it? For all we know, anything can happen. But honestly, I think the fact that Oscar Isaac is now somewhat attached to the film, it has literally brought up so much attention and so much spotlight onto this project that you know that something's like, oh, we've got, we got to freaking get this one going now. I was listening to another podcast earlier today and they were talking about Oscar Isaac in this role. And supposedly he has a lot coming up. He has like a lot of movies that he's working on. So for him to find out a way to fit this in there, it's hard to, you know, justify, but we're hoping it, I'm, I'm hoping it works. I'm hoping it happens, guys. Please, 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 please happen, dude. Please happen. Oh, man. This was like the best set of news I could have ever received today. Especially the fact that this week was my birthday. And that was like the boop, the cherry on top of it all. I, I, I can't believe it. I'm just so filled with emotion. Guys, let me know in the comments down below if you are excited for the Metal Gear Solid movie as much as I am. And that's the end of the show, guys. Thanks for listening and watching. This is the Video Game Beat. Remember, it is a weekly podcast that covers that week's big video game news. You guys want to keep following it? You guys, if you're listening and you want to watch, go to YouTube. It's just casual. If you guys are watching but you want to listen because you got work and you got to drive or you got to do whatever, it's on any podcast service out there. Go follow it. Share with your friends on social media. Speaking of social media, you guys can follow the channel on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Ambitious Casual. Go check it out. Follow it. That way you can keep up with the news. When I go live on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Ambitious Casual. As a matter of fact, the time that I'm done filming this, I'm going to jump on Fortnite because I'm going to play as Kratos and we're going to have a heck of a time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, guys. Really appreciate it. Keep being ambitious. Keep playing those games. Peace out. Love y'all.